SMS SAFM now on 41391. The Viewpoint, 8 to 10 p.m. Flipping conventional wisdom on its head. You are listening to KG Mwekezi on SAFM. That's me. It's uh, seven minutes to nine. You're listening to SAFM. So uh, the IRR is this week launching Land, Lives and Liberty, a five-point plan to save rural South Africa. Uh, and, you know, they are wanting to make South Africa safe for farmers. Uh, it's a policy document uh, that presents a simple set of solutions to make sure South Africans living in rural areas can thrive and fulfill their ambitions to so-called hashtag live free in a peaceful and prosperous country. They have online briefings and there's also an interesting article I read by Mevin Naidu uh, that he said, when farmers and their workers are killed, the entire nation uh, should scream. And of course, it's uh, uh, it also follows what uh, a broadcast interview uh, that uh, the ACDP leader Kenneth Mesher called, uh, gave calling for farm murders to be classified as priority uh, crimes and uh, when he motivated his call uh, the Reverend uh, Mishra said we need food to survive food producers help people from all walks of life therefore when farmers and their workers are killed the entire nation uh, should scream so we're talking farm killings now with um, Herman Pretorius uh, good evening uh, Mr. Pretorius thank you so much for your time Good evening, and thank you so much that I could join you. Um, I, I was listening to the list of potential guests, including Steve Beaker and Tom Beck, and I thought, my goodness, I don't measure up, but I will try. Oh, wow. I mean, you mean a, a, a potential a statues that we could have, because we were discussing statues there. But let's talk about farm killings. Why is the issue of farm killings important to me as a black person who lives in an urban area in South Africa today and who largely reads about farm killings? I think when we when we talk about rural security and rural safety and, and really what's going on in rural South Africa, we should be careful not to look at it through a very narrow perspective. I think part of the conversation that has been going on, especially over the last few weeks after the parliamentary debate and, uh, and, and you know, the, the ANC uh, moving quite substantially um, to acknowledge the problem of one instance of rural crime, uh, farm murders, uh, I think while this has been the context of the debate, we shouldn't forget that rural crime isn't just something that happens to farmers. Of course, farmers are vitally important. The food security of this country depends on them. The uh, agricultural economy is fully dependent on whether they can be productive. Um, but I think when we look at rural safety, we shouldn't just be looking at farm killings or farm attacks or farm murders. The terminology is quite unclear. But we should be acknowledging that rural South Africa doesn't have the resources it needs to cope with rural crime, whether it is livestock theft for, you know, your your small black farmer really just trying to be a subsistence farmer, or whether it is other forms of crime. Mm. Rural South Africa have been left behind in this regard. 
This launching of this five-point plan uh, that you guys, as the Institute of Race Relations, uh, a tongue twister, obviously, um, uh, uh, launched, uh, talks about presenting a simple set of solutions uh, to make uh, living in rural South Africa thrive and and to help those who live in rural South Africa, uh, you know, fulfill the ambitions uh, to, as you say, hashtag live free in a peaceful and prosperous country. What are these sort of simple solutions and what what makes them simple and why haven't anybody gotten it before? I think um, that last question is actually a very difficult one and I hope I'll I'll try to get to it. But the five points can be broadly categorized into three um, uh, three main headings. Firstly is safety and security, rural safety and security. That means how can the citizen, the individual citizen, be empowered to be more able to protect their lives, their loved ones, and their property? Uh, Then the second part of rural safety is where has government failed to create community structures in rural South Africa that actually addresses you know, things like uh, family violence, violence against children, because many of these incidents happen far away from the typical urban infrastructure of policing, so they often go unprosecuted. So the first element is safety and security. Second element, property rights. If you cannot own what you have worked hard to earn, you cannot trade, you cannot become a productive member of any uh, economy, whether it's an urban one or a rural one. But in rural South Africa, you absolutely, if you're a subsistence farmer in Kuzuri Natal, you need to have that security of knowing that what you are, the land you are farming now is yours and cannot be taken away from you then you can start investing and your kids can start investing and it becomes a cross-generational asset. Mm. And then thirdly is the socioeconomic issue of infrastructure. Not enough good roads, not enough good water systems, sewage systems, power. So these three things combine into really getting to the heart of why rural South Africa isn't thriving as it should. You 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 hosted uh, online briefings uh, on on this uh, this discussion this week. What came out of those online briefings, or at least one of them has already been held? Yes, uh, yeah. We we uh, today we launched uh, this this first briefing series. It's uh, today, tomorrow, and then the day after, looking at these three main tenets. And today we looked at the issue of safety and especially the issue of citizen safety. Uh, What can the citizen do? And from our research, we've been trying to look at this from various angles, but somehow we always come back to how can you make sure that the person involved, um, you know, immediately involved in a crime, the victim of the crime, you are always the first responder to some criminal activity happening to you. So the question is, how can we make sure that you as a citizen have the ability to keep your life, your property, and your loved ones safe? And in that regard, I think the question of firearms licensing, firearms training, especially for women, to be able to protect themselves in situations of gender-based violence, that really becomes an issue. 
So it's, it's on the individual level, it's that. But then it becomes a question also of how can we get police forces not to be accountable to some provincial or national politician, but to local communities. Okay, we're going to pause you, if you do not mind, uh, because we have to always get uh, in touch with the things that are happening in the newsroom at the top of the hour. But we'll continue our conversation straight after news. And we're talking about farm murders uh, in South Africa with the Institute of Race Relations. It's nine now. Time for news with Greg Hose. SAFM 104 to 107 nationwide. Leading the conversation. The Viewpoint. Weekdays, 8 to 10 p.m. on SAFM. You are listening to KG Mwekezi on SAFM. Welcome back. It's uh, six minutes past nine on SAFM 104 to 107. You're listening to The Viewpoint. I'm in today uh, for uh, Songhezo, and uh, you can always join the conversation as we lead the conversation on 0891104207. We're also on WhatsApp on the number 0614104107. And uh, the discussion really is with uh, Herman Pretorius from uh, the Institute of Race relations uh, following the launch of the Land, Lives and Liberty, uh, a five-point plan that they said will save uh, rural South Africa. It's a policy document that they presented uh, where they're saying they have simple solutions to make sure South Africans living in rural spaces can thrive and fulfill their ambitions to hashtag live free in a peaceful and prosperous country. Uh, But we thought it necessary for us to play a clip. Uh, This clip from the deputy CEO of Africa Forum, and he said this when he had gone to the United States, I suppose, to get the attention of uh, of um, people in, and institutions in America uh, and highlight what he felt was something that needed to be highlighted uh, regarding farm killings in South Africa. Let's hear the clip and then let's get uh, Herman's take on it and also your take uh, as you listen to it at home. Remember, it was said to an audience in the United States. Annette Keneally was an incredible artist. She was a ward counselor and she was a vocal activist against farm attacks. On 20 May 2019, she was brutally murdered on a small holding near Luitrichart in Limpopo. She, a 51-year-old lady, was strangled to death with an iron rod and beaten with a hammer. Stefan Smith A well-known wine farmer from Stellenbosch had received several death threats after having to deal with land invasions on his property. He had to go as far as to appoint a bodyguard to look after his safety. Smith, a 62-year-old man, was murdered at gunpoint on Sunday night. When interviewed by the media, a Stellenbosch land invader said that if a person must die, then so be it. Now, having said that, consider the following. Imagine if the state president had flown all the way across the Atlantic Ocean to the United States under the banner of telling the truth about what is happening in South Africa and having arrived there addressing international audiences and the international media community 
only to say to them the following words. There are no killings of farmers or white farmers in South Africa. There is no land grab in South Africa. Well, you don't have to imagine this because it happened. Yes, we live in a country in which some of the most influential politicians, including the former state president, publicly sing songs about killing farmers with hardly any consequences. We live in a country in which some of the most influential politicians actively encourage illegal land invasions with hardly any consequences. We live in a country in which some of the most influential politicians, including the current state president, publicly engage in negative stereotyping of farmers, but white farmers in particular. We live in a country in which we are told that singing songs about murdering farmers is just a metaphor and it's only meant to be taken figuratively, while farmers are literally being murdered. We live in a country in which commercial farmers employ bodyguards to look after their safety out of fear of being murdered. And on top of it all, we have a state president who is prepared to fly across the ocean to say to an international audience that the problem doesn't exist. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Adam Strutz. I am Deputy CEO of AfriForum. There you go. Um, did you hear that? I hope uh, you heard that, Hemen, uh, the deputy CEO of AfriForum, uh, addressing an yeah. audience in the United States. What do you make of what he said? I, I think um, no one can listen to that and not be struck by the immense uh, human tragedy of lost lives. And I think to that list that Adams mentioned, you can add someone like uh, Simon Malebane, um, who was killed uh, in 2019, uh, about 20 kilometers from Bella Bella in Limpopo. Um, these farmers um, in rural South Africa, really, whether you are a subsistence farmer or a commercial farmer, you live in an incredibly vulnerable state. And um, I think it's just heartbreaking. And uh, I, yeah, I, I, I would challenge anyone to listen uh, to these stories and not be moved and think that, you know, something something must be done, that the rural lives are worth protecting. What then uh, do you make of government's response, uh, uh, Mr. Pretorius? Because government has responded, and, and I think uh, it was the police minister who responded. Uh, he said he's heeding the growing call for improved policing of the country's farming precincts. And he's announced what he calls a, a more holistic and, and an improved rural safety strategy uh, in, in the coming weeks. Are you saying it's too little, too late? I think it's never too late to do the right thing. I think for many families, unfortunately, it is too little, too late. But um, we, we cannot undo terrible deeds that have robbed people of loved, loved ones and have inflicted trauma. What we can do is try to prevent that it happens again. And when it comes to what the government can do, um, I think we have to be honest and, and say that the government has for too many South Africans failed in its one of its most important responsibilities of simply keeping South Africans safe. And that is why part of our five-point plan is a revision of actually what goes on in policing. There must be increased staffing and resources for family, child and sexual violence units 
and expert prosecutors on these matters. There must be improved processes of applying for and enforcing protection orders for farmers who see their livestock stolen. And especially in black communities, uh, livestock is more than just a product you farm with. It's, it's a symbol of identity and of wealth. Processes of firearm licenses must be expedited to make sure that those people who are responsible can act in their own defense. And I, I won't go through an entire list of, of things, but there is a lot to do. But you would notice that it all comes down to how can communities drive policing decisions rather than politicians. It's interesting that, you, you know, you speak about it being driven rather by rather than by politicians and by communities, because there was an element of politics, I think, being played by the deputy CEO of AfriForum there. Uh, I mean, if, for example, uh, the, the, the leader of the Freedom Front Plus were to go, uh, we're going into election uh, and, and, and play that very same clip that uh, we played here. Uh, you know, it it would incite some some tremendous amounts of anger. Is it a dangerous thing, though, to politicize the issue of farm killings? Yes, uh, and that is why it shouldn't be done. Um, I don't think that a victim of crime um, should endure the indignity of questioning, oh, but what was their skin color? Um, or even a further insult to the situation and the trauma, what was the skin color of the offending criminal? I don't think we should politicize these issues. And I think research by uh, Clack and Minar from 2018 have shown or have at least acknowledged that some politicization of this process has happened. I don't necessarily think that that is productive, but what I do think is productive is the point that we have reached where the national parliament and parties from across the House, the DA, the ANC, the ACDP, non-racial parties, parties that aren't traditionally, you know, Africana parties like the Freedom Front Plus, can come out and say this must stop. Whether it's a black farmer being murdered, a black farm worker, a white farmer, it doesn't matter. Cruelty against the individual is not acceptable. And that is why our plan is not just about farm murders, but of course farm murders forms a very important part of rural safety and security. Farm murders play an important part of rural safety and security. We'll leave it here. We've kept you for long enough. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Mr. Pretorius. Where to from here, by the way, before we let you go for uh, this initiative for the Institute of Race Relations? Somebody asked, by the way, uh, on <laughs> on uh, WhatsApp if uh, the South African Institute of Race Relations is at all a DA project. I saw that uh, question there on WhatsApp. Maybe you answer <laughs> that uh, before you go, and then you tell me where to from here before I go to my next interview. You. All right. Uh, thank you so much for the universities for keeping your answer long. It's been really a pleasure talking to you. Um, on the DA question, it's a very quick answer. No, the Institute was established in 1929 and the DA was established in 2003 or four or something. So no, we are not a DA project. We are much, much, much older than the DA. <coughs> Excuse me. And we've fought against apartheid. So, uh, yeah, no, two different entities. Um, but way too from here, well, it's, it's 
it's two conversations like this, sometimes on air, sometimes with individuals, to say, you know what, we don't have to be hopeless in this situation. There are solutions. As a society, we can come together and we can actually demand better from our politicians. And I think, ironically, the last few months of COVID-19 lockdown have seen uh, a civil society in South Africa come together to say, you know, government, it's time you start listening to us. And that is what we are going to try and do. Fantastic. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Good evening. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Herman uh, Pretorius is from the Institute of uh, Race Relations in South Africa. Um, on Saturday, uh, we commemorated the 43rd, uh, 43rd anniversary of the death of Black Consciousness Movement leader Stephen Bantu Biko. He was 30 years old and eight months. Uh, he was a few months short of his 31st birthday when he was brutally murdered. But have you gone on YouTube to see um, uh, Biko messaging, any any conversation or interview that Biko has given, the message and the teachings remain relevant today? And that really drives the discussion we are about to have about uh, whether or not the message of black consciousness, which is what um, the Reverend Al, Shept, uh, Al Shapton, who gave the keynote address on uh, um, the lecture, the lecture on uh, on the anniversary of the death of uh, Steve Biko, he gave the lecture obviously in the states because of travel issues, uh, because of of COVID. But is the message of Black consciousness uh, still relevant in 2020 in South Africa with the dynamics that Black people face today? We'll have that conversation when we come back. It's 19 minutes past nine. You're listening to SAFM.